In the green scene, how our feeding of the birds in winter can help them to fight infection. But first, the champion nappers of the avian kingdom. We're joined by Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Ruth, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Chinstrap penguins. I know, chinstrap penguins. For all of us who are looking forward to maybe a nice long lie-in over Christmas, uh, spare a thought for the chinstrap penguins who actually only get to sleep for maybe four to five seconds at a time. How do we know they're asleep? So we know they're asleep. We've known for a long time that penguins um, sort of do this fragmented sleep. We've seen them in captivity and researchers sort of thought they started to get a bit drowsy every now and then. But, but for the first time in this amazing new research that was published in the journal Science, researchers studied chinstrap penguins in the wild using remote EEG monitoring, so being able to actually look at the activity that's going on in their brain and video footage so they could look to see were they closing their eyes and what were they doing. Uh, so they studied 14 penguins who were incubating eggs in one of these huge colonies of thousands of penguins. Uh, and what they found was the penguins were doing thousands and thousands, maybe 10,000 micro sleeps a day. And, and, and in the whole 24 hour period, they were managing to get about 11 hours of sleep. Through micro sleep, like micro four or five seconds four or five at a time. seconds at a time. And of course, to us, uh, you know, this really challenges what we think about sleep, where we're kind of told we have to get into this deep restorative sleep. But actually, these birds do seem to be getting some of the restorative benefits of sleep just by doing this micro sleeping. And of course, it makes sense that they've evolved to do this because they're out in the wild. They're minding a very vulnerable little chick. There's big skua birds and other penguins around who, who wouldn't mind getting their beaks on those little yeah. chicks. And the parents take turns um, having to leave the ice and go to get food for their babies. So, so essentially one parent is on their own with this very vulnerable little chick. So, so this is how they do it. This is how they do it. They, they do w- sleep, but so in sh- such short bursts that they are still... They're vigilant the whole vigilant. time. Exactly. So but Now, there are other kind of odd sleeping patterns of, of creatures in the wild. There are. I mean, in this year also, researchers found that elephant sleeves actually nap under the water. Again, this is kind of an unusual thing for a mammal. You would think a high risk strategy, but they take little naps there. Bottlenose dolphins actually sort of put half of their brain to sleep at a time. So again, keeping this, this vigilance. Um, but, but again, they, they seem to manage that quite well. Um, we also see kind of differences between the male and female in, in some species. And I don't know, this might resonate with some listeners. In the fem- in the fruit fly, males need 10 hours of sleep in 24, but the females manage fine on four and in fact can keep going for their short lifespan with only 15 minutes sleep <laughs> in 24 hours. And it doesn't uh, affect their survival. They don't get too sleepy and get, yeah. you know, eaten by some no, passing it doesn't predator. Appear, no, and sleep, I guess, you know, it's such an essential part of, of living and surviving. But if you're a wild animal sleep is a very dangerous time so it's mm. not surprising that evolution has come up with all these incredible um, ways for animals to sleep and remain safe. African bush elephant sleeps on average only two hours a day. Only two hours a day and again they can go for long periods, 48 hours, even longer without sleeping and, and some birds as well that spend a long time at sea, they might, they sort of sleep on the wing mm. maybe for an hour in 24 but then when they come back to the nest they might take very long sleeps to try and catch up so hopefully that's yeah, So maybe that's when the restorative process yes. uh, starts for them. Mm-hmm. Now, um, a lot of us are encouraged to feed the birds uh, tuppence a bag at Christmas time yeah. and beyond. Um, is this the right thing to do? And if so, does it help the birds? I think on, <clears throat> excuse me, I think on balance it is. I mean, during the cold, obviously it's very difficult for little birds to get food. And they do, again, when they sleep, they drop their body temperature right down 
and go into sort of a hypothermic state to save energy. And we've seen before that birds that get fed regularly don't have to drop their temperature down as much. And again, that does make them less vulnerable. They can wake up more quickly. But this is a new study from a, a forest in southern Sweden. And the researchers had bird feeders that were routinely visited by great tits and as well as some blue tits and chaffinches. And they made sure they were regularly filled. And then in the late winter, they captured some of those little little tits. And what they did was they sort of gave them a vaccine. And you know, when you get a vaccine, you often get some of the, the immune response, maybe mm-hmm. a sore arm or a bit of a fever. And again, the same thing happened to these little birds. They had a sort of little fever as they responded to the vaccine. And they compared what happened with these birds to birds that hadn't been fed. And they found that the fed birds didn't have to increase their temperature so much. So they were kind of finding a sweet spot for their immune response. They were responding, but they weren't using up as much energy to mount a response because they were well fed. So it's good for the birds uh, that uh, they should be fed by us. It's uh, not nature's way, of course, and there are arguments, let nature take its course. What do you say? There are. I mean, some people say, you know, it can be dangerous. You're getting birds to congregate. And there was an issue in the UK in the mid 2000s where there was a spread of a disease called trichomonasus in greenfinches and, and many, many greenfinches died. Um, and, and of course... Some and they thought it was because they were gathering together yeah, at Well, I think they, they were and dirty bird feeders were spreading this, okay. this disease. But but also, you know, maybe birds won't forage for themselves. But but I think on balance, what research shows is that supplementary food that we give them is only a small part of birds' diets. And I think if you keep your bird feeders clean, and that's a really important thing to do if you like feeding your birds, they need to be washed yeah. regularly. And of course, I mean, the domesticated cat who is well fed will kill a bird just for play. Yeah, well, that's a whole other story. Pat. That's, cats are, cats that's are why you should perhaps feed the birds to keep them away from the cat who doesn't need the bird for food. No, and put the bird feeder in a place where cats can't get to it or put something around the bottom of your bird table to stop the cats climbing up. All right, uh, Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Thank you very much and a very happy Christmas. Happy Christmas, Pat.